The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Cal Thomas and Marion McKeown are with us for our weekly American Spot. Marion, when are we likely to get a verdict in the case, the civil action taken by E. Jean Carroll against Donald Trump alleging rape? Well, you know, Matt, honestly, that is a question I wish I could answer. There's a, usually a thing with juries that if there are very few issues, they will decide quickly. If it takes longer, if there's ambivalence, if there's confusion or disagreements, it takes, you know, it'll, it'll go longer. Now, there was an issue this morning in the court where Donald Trump apparently, you know, the judge, Lewis Kaplan, could not have made it clear that he was not to tweet about this case. And yet he put it up again on his truth social, ranting about false accusations. Uh, it was brought up in the courtroom in the absence of the jury and uh, his lawyer said, oh, he's confusing it with the Stormy Daniels case, which, of course, he's also prohibited from tweeting about. So, Sorry, you know, Marion, Trump- are there not contempt rules in relation to well, doing yes, things like are. that while cases are. are ongoing? Yeah, there are. And Donald Trump has defied them repeatedly. And, and Lewis Kaplan, who's a pretty no-nonsense judge, has warned him against doing this. But yet he did it again. Uh, you know, I thought it was very interesting when he was in Ireland and it was reported verbatim. Oh, he's going back to confront his his accuser. Of course he didn't. He never went near the courtroom. Now, that is his right. But in a civil case, you are allowed to draw inferences. If a a, a person, if a defendant will not even turn up in court, yes, you are allowed to draw inference in that. I think you've got to leave this to the jury. The the standard is it's liability, it's not guilt of rape, it's is he liable for sexual battery uh, and it's based on a preponderance of evidence not evidence beyond reasonable doubt so different standards. It would be theoretically easier for E. Jean Carroll to prove her case in civil court she couldn't do it at all in criminal court because the statute of limitations has passed oh my god, 25 years ago or something so it's it, it's not as, you know, she did have several witnesses. She Ten witnesses appeared for her. Her lawyer said, look, you would have to believe that she and all her witnesses have lied under oath, especially her friends and the other women who claimed Donald Trump also sexually battered them. Um, and you'd have to believe that Donald Trump, who's known for lying, let's face it, the Washington Post said he lied 30,000 times during his okay. presidency. Uh, so, but it's, it's up to the jury. All right, Cal Thomas, we won't preempt the decision of the jury but if it was the case that he's found guilty will it matter a damn to his political career probably not among his supporters i've got a column today matt on uh, the fealty paid him by the evangelical christian community in the united states that said character mattered when it came to bill clinton they've totally flipped on that and seem to uh, now be worshiping trump almost as uh, as their idol i think with the uh, with respect to this new york case even what trump defenders are saying it's a new york jury a uh, very liberal city very likely will be convicted but this is uh, this is part of a pattern that i think reflects his view of women how he has treated women women he has been married to and had extramarital affairs with and it all fits a pattern. And I, so I very uh, would predict, very much would predict that the jury is going to come back uh, with a guilty charge. Again, not as Marion said on the rape, but as the, on the battery and certainly on the uh, defamation issue. Will it affect his standing among the public? The polls show that the public, both Republicans and Democrats, want a different candidate. The latest uh, Washington Post poll shows uh, 
Trump beating Biden by seven points. I think that might be an outlier. But uh, I, I think there is a desire by both Republicans and Democrats to have a different matchup in the next election. I hope so anyway. But what does that say about the United States of America, Cal, that yeah. so many people would be prepared to vote for Donald Trump if he was the Republican candidate? I think it's proof, Matt, that uh, the moral water table in this country and what we expect of our political leadership may be at an all-time low. Not since uh, Watergate and Richard Nixon, when there were also Nixon devotees that blamed the media and everybody except Nixon until the tapes came out and showed that uh, his critics were right, has there been such distrust not only in our institutions, but also uh, among people that don't seem to care anymore about what you've done as long as the government checks arrive on time or your guy is in power. It's really a disgrace, and I'm very discouraged by it. Marion, the Washington Post has come out against Joe Biden, claiming he's afraid of press conferences and saying the media is not your enemy. Now, if Joe Biden can't do press conferences, if he's avoiding them, how the hell is he going to get through a re-election campaign? Yeah, you know, I think that's a good point. I thought, I read the editorial, I thought it was a bit over the top, but I think that the, the core truth is true, that you've got to let people know what you're doing, and the Democrats are terrible at messaging. But Joe Biden has achieved more in his first term. I wish, like Cal, that he had just said after first term, you know what, I'm handing this over now. Uh, I was a bridge candidate and I want somebody younger. But he didn't. It's his right to run for a second term and he's doing that. Uh, but uh, people just don't seem to realise the amount of things that he has done. And that's partly because he doesn't have good messaging. Democrats never have good messaging. Uh, but also he hasn't gone out and spoken about it. Now, you can understand why he dislikes press conferences. He does have a, a stutter that he has struggled with all of his life. And press conferences... Uh, for Trump as well as Biden and everybody, they're increasingly gotcha. It's like you want to trip up the person. You want to be the one who trips them up and gets them to fluff their line or contradict themselves or whatever. And that is fair enough. It's part of the deal. But look, don't you, you've got to, if you're the president, you've got to talk to the public. It's that simple. But, you know, I just want to go back to what Cal said there. And Cal, I absolutely applaud everything that you just said. And I think you summed it up perfectly. But I do remember, and this is the thing about the enablement of Donald Trump, when he was president, um, you you did defend him and you said, look, the bottom line was that your stock market, your you know, accounts were doing really well and that you'd put up with the other stuff. Uh, and I think that that is the problem with America. And I think that's the problem with why America is so unhappy at the moment and why people are looking at Donald Trump, because they're thinking about him in terms of a short term gain. If he goes back in, you know, the stock market might go bonkers again. Or if he goes back in, I get my um, way on guns or whatever. And I think that America, the mood here at the moment is so disgruntled and depressed and 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 I really think partly it's because there are two candidates in coming up in 24 or it looks like that nobody really wants um, and and you're looking at taking the lesser of the the two unattractive candidates I do think that if it comes to it, Joe Biden will prevail but it's not a good look for a country to have these two men going at it again yeah can Carl, is it actually a done deal that Biden will get the Democratic nomination just because he's the incumbent? Could it be that the party will organise and provide somebody else instead of him? Yes. Well, both sides, uh, both Republicans and Democrats are talking about this now. It's the question of how to do it. 
We're so divided in this country that the extremes on both left and right, Republican and Democrat, seem to uh, have the power to nominate whomever they wish. And by the time it gets to the general election, it's the independents who decide this. And independents are the fastest growing voting bloc in the United States. Kristen Cinema was on Face the Nation on CBS on Sunday, a former Democrat, now an independent. And uh, she was asked by the host, uh, why didn't you switch to the Republican Party? And she laughed and she said, why would I switch from one broken party to another? It was a great line. Uh, the government has become dysfunctional. Uh, you know, Marion talks about all that uh, uh, Biden has achieved while we've got an open border. Inflation is still high. Uh, he wants to raise uh, uh, taxes on everybody. He wants to give uh, mortgage credits to people with bad credit and make people with good credit pay for it. So I, I don't. Uh, I, I think there's a general disgust and distaste about the direction that the country is going in. And you're right, Mary. And I did support uh, Trump on his policies, but I think it's uh, a bridge too far now. I really do. Okay, let's move on to oh god, yet again another mass shooting. Uh, this time in Texas. What do we know of who was responsible for this one, Marion? Uh, well, again, it seems, and it seems very strongly, that this was another shooting by another far-right um, young man who was able to buy a gun, an assault weapon, in Texas, under the Texas laws, perfectly legally, because despite the talk, and, you know, I was so disgusted, and I'm sure you'll agree, Cal, with Greg Abbott's press conference, who is the Texas governor, who said, this is a mental health issue. This is not yeah, a I gun agree. issue. You know, and, and But as well, he, he also, last year, he slapped the mental health budget in Texas by 210 million. The budget is almost non-existent anyway. The insincerity and the hypocrisy. You know, we saw again, I mean, this is getting undeservedly so huge coverage. One family, it was a mother, father, a three-year-old and a six-year-old. The only one to survive is the six-year-old boy who was seriously injured. I mean, that poor child's life is just destroyed because he went shopping with his family. Two little sisters as well, eight and eleven, also killed. You know, I mean, this just keeps happening and keeps happening. One one of the things I am encouraged by, thank God, is there was a Republican committee in Texas, a state legislative committee, who did pass a, a but it, out of committee, they said, we will support a law that will raise the age from 18 to 21 at which you can buy an assault weapon. OK, it's a pittance. It's almost nothing. I mean, you can't buy a drink in Texas at 18, you know, but you can buy an assault weapon. Uh, and, but it is a start. And I really think, you know, the, the composition of these states like Texas is changing a lot of the cities there are turning blue and you know I, I think eventually they're going to have to do something about this but I also want to mention Matt um, which has been getting very little coverage uh, the, the running down it appears of a bunch of migrant men who had who had arrived who were in a homeless shelter who were waiting to be sent elsewhere uh, somebody in an SUV drove straight at them and killed seven of them you know again in Texas this, this level of violence and it's all coming from it seems the right wing. Now, the police haven't officially said yet that this was motivated by their status as immigrants, mm -hmm. but it's looking increasingly like that. And, you know, the whole thing is just awful. Okay, and, well, Cal, that brings yeah. me to just to finish with you. You have published a new book, I believe, and I think it might even be available in Ireland via Amazon. It's called A Watchman in the Night. So you're the watchman, are you? Explain the term to me, please. <laughs> well, it comes from an Old Testament verse, uh, Matt, uh, where the ancient Israelites 
posted a watchman on the wall to look out for invading armies and other bad people that might do harm to uh, those in the wall. I kind of see myself as uh, hearkening back to standards that used to work in not only in America, but in all humanity, economic standards, moral standards. It's it's not a column collection, although it is, it begins in 1984, kind of a diary, a walkthrough of events that happened in the middle of Ronald Reagan's second term and all up through this year, and my comments on them. I'm very proud of the people who have endorsed it. They run the political gamut from uh, Henry Louis Gates of Harvard, uh, a friend of President Obama, to uh, Pat Sajak, the host of Wheel of Fortune. And the person who did the introduction is Tom Johnson, the former president of CNN and the publisher of the Los Angeles Times, who opened the door for me nearly 40 years ago as a syndicated columnist. So unlike all authors, I have a money-back guarantee on this book, if you buy it and don't like it, I guarantee you not to give your money back. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Carl Thomas and Barry right McKeown. Well done. A Watchman Thank in the you. Night is the name of Cal's book. We'll be back with the 6 and 6 after this. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today and-